All righty, latest edition of the Pints of Popcorn podcast coming at you with North Dallas 40 this week, the 1979 American sports, comedy, drama. There's a lot going on there. Uh, I th- even think I've seen the term satire used, which we've, we talk about in the pod as well, about how they're somewhat misleading uh, poster and whatnot about this one, because it really is a great film that um, Shay was really excited to finally get me to watch. It's one that had slipped through my uh, stratosphere over the years, just because I just um, not big one, not a big film in Australia, and I'm sad about that because it does say a lot of things about the sport and everything. And we get into a lot of it on this podcast. So if you haven't seen it, do uh, go watch it if you don't want it spoiled. Uh, but if you have, let's go right ahead with the pod. Do you love this podcast, Shay? Sorta. What does that mean? It's what you tell a podcast you really like don't want to hurt what's important is my performing the moment of the catch that feeling that high you take the pain as long as i get that chance every Sunday. the key to being a professional is consistency you want to play football for me, Mr. Elliot, you have to change starting right now. Can I count on you, Phil, and your knee for the entire game? Brand new knee, Doc. <laughs> Better football through chemistry, huh? Body's twisted and scarred. You're, you're drugging yourself. My nose is busted. I can't even breathe through it. I can hardly stand up. The only way to survive is the pills and the shots. You can always count on me to do whatever it takes to play. Alrighty, Pints and Popcorn is back this week. Uh, as Shay, I think this, is, this isn't the first time I've said this on this podcast, as Shay struggles with a bottle of wine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it it's hard. It is. I'm not good at it. I got like a very cheap opener too. So it's like, uh, yeah, no, I meant... You need to have a good bottle opener for wine. Like it's it's... Because if you have cheap ones or what, it like the the worst thing is when you break the cork when you're trying to pop it out. Or I've already partly broken the cork. No, oh, well, there uh, we go. So you like my my dad's done the move where he's just, like gotten that frustrated. He's just pushed the cork into the bottle and just pours the. Wine. I used to do that when I was like in my teens, and I went through like a wine phase, like cheap ass wine. This is a good way to start. We, we all have. We all, we, <laughs> I think every, I think everyone has that phase. It's called not having money or being just out of school or in college, and you drink what yeah. you can. Um, and it's like we thought wine made us sophisticated, but I didn't have a wine opener in, uh, like, in my stupid studio apartment. And I thought, like, for some reason, thought I couldn't go buy one because I was under eight. I don't know. It was fucking stupid, but. <laughs> So we would just push the corks down <laughs> into it, and then you just deal with it. I'm sorry, sir. I'm uh, gonna need to see some. I- I'm gonna need to see some ID for that uh, bottle opener there. Idiot. <laughs> well, it's like when it- yeah, you might have gotten away with buying the wine like underage, depending on where you go. Let alone the bottle opener. Yeah, I had a fake ID too, but. <laughs> it said I was 26, so it probably was it, and I was a string bean. But uh, yeah, it's time to put away childish things. <laughs> there's your, there's your uh, transition. Yeah, yeah. So um, with that wonderfully, wonderful quote to set it up, uh, we're doing North Dallas Four. Oh, sorry, <laughs> sorry <laughs> to interrupt the introduction. But if 19 year old or 18 year old me 
could see how much I'm still struggling opening wine, I don't know if he would have continued living, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I might have been twirling in the midday sun. <laughs> I... <laughs> Well, uh, yes, North Dallas 40 this week. Uh, Shay brought this idea up probably a couple of months ago, actually, when we were getting ready for football season, and then we kind of... I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had not... It's one of those ones that... I, I've heard it. Like, you've mentioned it over the years, I think, and... Um, I can't imagine how much I talked about it at the Obar. Probably all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think it was like this, and like, because you certainly got me to watch Bull Durham years ago, and like, North Dallas 40 just never... It's never been one that has popped up on any of the streamables I've had, so it's one that like I'm gonna have to rent eventually. Um, you know, so I did finally this week for the pod, and um, I'm glad I did. I really bloody enjoyed this this film. Um, we'll get into it, but yeah, I um, I'm glad you finally got me onto watching it because um, it's in a, it's it's well, I don't know what it's like, uh, what its reception has been through the years in the United States. Um, it's certainly not one I see talked about. I've I've heard of it and seen occasional mentions of it but it's not one I see talked about a lot and like so to me from how I see it but I'm also grown up mostly in Australia so Bull Durham was underrated here the Sandlot's hardly known of in Australia though like so there's a lot of movies that are popular in America that I see what are the popular sports movies there um (laughs) the Mighty Ducks uh yeah I knew that one um popular sports movie like Moneyball was well received here but that one also was incredibly well publicized and you know it's a brad pitt led vehicle and whatnot so um yeah Jonah Hill got nominated yeah, for rem- it remember the titans we'll rem- remember the t- remember the titans was huge um yeah that yeah. was a big one uh i remember i remember watching angels in the outfit a lot when i was a kid so like <laughs> any disney kids sporty movies will get like air bud was more popular here i heard of that more here than i heard of north dallas 40 or bull durham so it's the more cerebral sports movies that are about more than sports that probably came out um like a longer like you know north ellis 40 being 1979 i think is the oldest film you and i have done to this point in this podcast yeah i was just thinking about that while yeah, i was watching you. yeah um bull durham as well like i think it's those older sports films that came like i reckon if a north ellis 40 came out now or a bull durham came out now would be well received around the world because it's a lot easier to get word of mouth done around the world now than it was back then so yeah yeah um, yeah, I don't a- think this film is very popular to this day, which is, a sh- I, I don't know. I know the book is popular, but I don't think the film really, I think, again, I think it's maybe the best sports movie there is. And mm. I think it's like the most realistic. I think it doesn't, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It doesn't sensationalize anything. It just presents everything and it's like, it doesn't pr- it doesn't sensationalize love. It doesn't mm-hmm. sensationalize football. It doesn't sensationalize the party lifestyle or anything like that. It's just a very true story, which I think even Bull Durham sensationalizes love a little bit. And we talked about that on our pod. Go back and listen to that one mm-hmm. if you haven't heard it. Um, the third act of Bull Durham is not ideal. <laughs> and North Dallas 40 is kind of like Bull Durham without the third act in a way. Yeah, I guess, yeah, because the third act of... Um north dallas 40 is kind of it is just still sports um essentially um that's where the, the climax comes and um yeah, there's a climax in bull durham but it's not the sports so um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a few i think um in that, in, yep. that scene, in those scenes but um yeah you kind of have the yeah it ends with the uh 
it's an emo it's a, a heavily emotional relationship that's being involved at the end of North Ellis Forty, but it's like a different it's the his relationship with the game. Um which, you know, I mean uh, That happens Bull, in Bull Durham. Yeah, Bull Durham certainly has Crash Davis. Um I think the the characters of Crash Davis and Phil Elliott could be uh, spiritual brothers in how they see the game and love. And I'll love. agree with you on that, and, and I think and they like, would have a beer together. Yeah, and I, th- and I think they'd enjoy. They they you know depending on all like different sports, but they'd find a common ground in how they see the sports because they they certainly both see them for what they are, but they also both still play them because there's that. And Phil Elliott says it um, straight out in this. Uh, it's you know, it's you know, when he's on the field and when he gets the ball in his hands and when he gets that rush of scoring that touchdown. You know, it's like we've jumped, we've jumped to the end a bit here, but I'm sure we'll get to everything else. But that is the kind of feeling that that's like the central theme of the movie is like your battle against what you know about the what you're doing, and and he's very, he's very aware of what this, the business is and what's going on around him. Like he knows that better than anyone, better than probably the people that are involved in the business themselves. Like he knows exactly what the push and pull of like this weird relationship he has with this game that he loves, but the, the business around it is like, he hates, like he knows all that. And he says it straight out. Like, he's like, you know, that rush is why I keep doing it, even though I hate everything else about it and the pain that puts me through and all that stuff. And, you know, when B, I think it's BA that says, you know, you've got to give me more easy. Hey, there we go. (laughs) Jesus Christ. I forgot you were trying to open that bottle because it took like 15 minutes. (laughs) I didn't want to spill any and all I did. That was bad. Um, I didn't want to spill any, and then I ended up just spilling some on my hand. So it was yeah. like whatever. I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. All I right. mean, before no, before we get back into it, I like I said I, I can't remember if I said it on air or off air, but I'm like still in the midst of like a, just having an alcohol free period just to like just for you know your your health is like a good thing to do. But like so, I was like I'm gonna be drinking a nice coffee on this pod because it's ten just ten twenty seven a.m. now, but. This company over here, and um, I've never tried it, so I'm like, who knows how this is going, but I'm showing to Shay on screen now. Um, wait, there we go. It's iced, <laughs> it's iced coffee infused with Bundaberg rum flavor, which is a very popular rum in Australia. So I'm not... I, so like, there's no rum in it? I don't it's know. Like, it's like, there's, 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 like a kid could buy this, so <laughs> there shouldn't be any... Uh, yeah, there's no alcohol in it, but it's infused with the rum flavor, and it's like the official's like logo of them so they've obviously had a partnership to get this going so yeah the satisfying flavor of two iconic australian brands coming together well i'll be the ju- i'll be the judge of the satisfying flavor <laughs> of that <laughs> so yes gonna... well two guys who have a podcast about drinking and watching movies you know sometimes we need a break from the drinking yeah i think, I think <laughs> you know, there's always one of us that are having beers in the pod we just kind of offset um and occasionally we come together and both do which we will probably in one that comes up to the christmas period and get festive for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. oh jesus christ it smells like it smells like some drinks i've had very late night at bars when people have been like let's put these things together that smells like a gorilla fart. Another shout, shout out to her. Oh, man. I never had those. That was not me ordering those ever. Oh, a gorilla fart is... Uh, gorilla fart's the bar mat shot, right? Yeah, from uh, After Midnight. Yeah. Another, okay. another. I always call that the bar mat shot. Okay, so first sip. That's actually not bad. It's like very strong coffee flavor. But there's like the spiced rum, like... um. You probably had spiced rums before, I'm sure. Like not in a long time. Since yeah. probably like back when I was. Ah, oh, that's probably not true. I'm not a big rum guy. It's too sweet. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't drink too much of it these days. But no, that's actually a pretty good iced coffee. To, um, doesn't it? Doesn't overly make me feel like I'm drinking. It doesn't make me feel like I'm drinking in the morning. But 
So that's all right. Not that I'm not that I'm <laughs> so against. It's not, like that when I'm Adrian, when... not that I'm against it. I've done it a, a bunch of times on this podcast, let alone other times. So it's like when I was off the sauce, but drinking kombucha. And I'm like, yeah, this is kind of alcohol. <laughs> yeah, and I sent you that that Instagram story from that Aussie comedian the other day. He's like, anyone had this yeah. kombucha stuff? It's really healthy. If you put vodka in it, it's not so healthy, but it's really good. <laughs> yeah, fucking shooter. Yeah, I haven't done that, but I th- like, I've thought about it. Yeah. <laughs> now since you sent that. Yeah. But uh, Phil Elliott would probably do it. Actually, no, he wouldn't. He'd just take pills and. With Budweiser, yeah, with with <laughs> with morning morning empty, uh, half empty soldier Budweiser, Ugh, yeah, yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> um, yeah, I think before uh, I started, I think before the bottle popped and I started talking about um, yeah, I need to open coffee. this stuff before yeah. <laughs> before oh, no. we start. No, like it gave me it gave me the reminder to actually get my um my drink shout out on the pod because we've been try I've been trying to be better about that, like because you know beyond brand with what our podcast name is but um we're getting in i was just talking about beer. neither of us drinking a pint i guess i'm drinking a pint of wine well, right this now this is a pint of iced coffee it's, like, <laughs> it's 500 there you go. Yeah, so. <laughs> we never said what kind of pints yeah um yeah they, they you know when they're talking about like this phil elliott and his relationship to the game like um ba like when he's talking to ba like ba's like you got to give you like the whole time like ba's like you got to give more to the game it's like you know phil finally says it like I'm given everything like the way you, you can tell, like the way it's kind of like uh, other characters in sports films have their way. And we've talked about this with different characters in different movies, whether it be 1917 last week with the different emotions that men portray to get through something. Um, it's a very human thing is people deal with shit in different ways. Phil Elliott was still playing up to like, you know, he, he, he talked about that drop pass and what went on with that. But beyond that, like he's still playing like pretty high level football, even off the bench what he's doing to get himself through psychologically to make his way through a week and deal with the fact that, you know, every night he's waking up and having to pop 50 million joints in his body to, to try to get to sleep. And he said, and he said, he's like, I've left pieces of myself all from here to Pittsburgh on the field. You know, I'm yeah. like, I haven't had more than three hours sleep in a night in two years. Like what more do you want me to give to the game? And it's like, yeah, you know, you feel that cause you watch as fans, like, you know, I, I try to do this to myself. Like, we we do this a lot when we're in the heat of the moment watching a game. We're like, why the fuck did that guy drop that pass or whatever? But, you know, I try to, at, when, when I'm not in those moments, I try to remember that these guys, regardless of what we feel as fans, like, these guys are given everything. Like, you know, even if someone looks like they may not be, it's like the amount of pain and punishment they go through to even get to that level is is unfathomable these days. I can't even imagine back in the 60s and 70s when, you know, um, when the idea in mean, toxic masculinity with football was probably at its you know really really high oh yeah they yeah. show that there's problematic moments in this film which is like now which which you know you can sit there and you know someone that watches it now might go oh we should we should need to cancel that movie but it's like we need to like these things need to stay in the like we need to you know say this is problematic but it was also a it's like a picture of the time um I think that shit still goes on too, like with football parties and stuff. I mean, the the, oh, my, or the Minnesota Vikings sex boat wasn't that long ago, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And you can't tell me that this shit doesn't happen, like even at colleges and all that stuff. It's just like who that's was, what we need to get it? rid of. We don't need to get rid of movies showing it. Yeah. Like we who need to get rid of the guy? actual behavior of it. I was sorry, interrupting. I was just like when I no, watched when I watched. Um, uh, Joe Bob, when he fucking is trying to grab Charlotte on her way to the party and he, you know, grabs 
Elliot around the throat and, and almost kills him. Yeah. Why is he always and making he... fun of me, Seth? <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm looking at that and I'm like, how he's how he's like grabbing this woman and like tr- and using violence as a tool. Like, you know, it reminded me of like uh, it was a. Uh, hopefully, I don't miss get get the name wrong and besmirch someone else. But it was a Greg Hardy on the Cow- Cowboys a few years ago that threw like his yeah like, threw his lady on a, a bed, bed full of automatic rifles or yeah. whatever like that was just a few couple of years ago so like that idea that he's big and and you know we can talk about how the sport um i think this movie does a really good job of showing how the sport actually you know encourages that and makes these men like this too like the coaches are culpable in this especially in this film um and it really shows it oh they fucking love it they show them when they're fighting on the field like yeah getting off on it ba well they caused um, it like because the the, the assistant coach is like to um not to gerbob the other guys like get get out of him like yeah and like and he's so he he instigates that he tells the other guy to like get at gerbob and get him angry because they know that that's what's gonna get the team kind of somehow in this stupidly roundabout way, like ready for the week's get weekend's game. It's fucked yeah, up. It, just, it, it causes yeah. that kind of behavior in Joe Bob at that party. That's the kind of shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, that's part of sports though. And I think this movie did a very accurate representation of like how fucked up sports makes your mindset of like, I mean, it's obviously a comedy at points because of it and it's like it's just really well paced and everything but it's like right at the end of the prayer before the chicago game <laughs> like right at the end you know ow goes let's kill these cocksuckers <laughs> and it's like that's like you have to have that mindset in sports or you're gonna get eaten alive but it's like what is that what kind of toll does that take on you and you see how on edge all of these guys are every step of the way throughout the process of practice to like there's a scene where Phila, like the, that linebacker gets called out for, you know, being s- dumb and slow instead of smart and fast. And he's like, isn't this the type of day you just want to be, <laughs> be around a fire with a good book? And I can't say what he responds with. <laughs> it, it's funny. And it's just like, it's perfect comedy, but it is just like, it just shows like that toxic toxic masculinity that still flows throughout sports. Cause you can't tell me that shit does. I mean, Richie incognito, is a perfect yes. example of this yep. recently. He gets in trouble every step of the way where he get, went to Nebraska, by the way. They're not all goody-goody, as they'll have you believe. All right, off off that. But <laughs> um, Tom Osborne hit a murder weapon, but that's why there hasn't been a 30 for 30 about Nebraska's national championship three and four team, but whatever. Um, so, yeah, this shit exists, and I think North Dallas 40 was one of, was one of the first films to really portray sports in like a darker light um because before this we were getting like movies like brian song and like all that shit not that brian song's bad or anything it's just you know yeah. it's just really uplifting at the end yeah it's kind of like how like you know sports movies from beyond before that you know sports is seen as heroic things and i think the late 70s brought in a lot of things in film like ch- challenging preconceived norms like after Vietnam, we had the Vietnam War movies. Not like trying to make any correlations between um, football and war, although coaches will do that. So it's kind of like at the start when football was being created, it was compared to war in newspapers. Yeah. I've read the clipping. It's like because it used to just be like line up and run at each other, like kind of like they were doing in World War One, like yeah. that we talked about last week. But yeah, and yeah. there was no passing or anything, and there was no like 
downs or anything. It was just get the ball to where you need to get it. Yeah. So it's like barbaric, I guess. So. Yeah. And so, like, we had, like, the late, you know, post-Vietnam, we had the, the 70s bring in the first era of, like, war movies that actually challenged the ideas of heroism and war and what, like, because, you know, war movies prior to that were, like, would still show tra- sacrifice, but they'd always be done in a, her- a heroic lens and make war seem like a noble pursuit and stuff like that. But then we had Vietnam movies come in in the mid to late 70s and into the 80s and now and war movies in general that started to challenge that and, and show war as what it really is. Um, and, and like, you, you can see, like, what North Ellis 40 does is it challenges... Um, it's incredibly ahead of its time considering now still we have trouble with um, professional football acknowledging the darker sides of football with it, with it. You know, I read that North Ellis 40 didn't get the reason it's, you know, fictional names and not much... They didn't get any cooperation from the National Football League, obviously. And then we still... Yeah. And we had that in um, that movie Concussion that came out just a few years ago, like, was incredibly... Um, had to cut NFL, it, yeah. Had to cut a lot of shit because of that. So it's like, that's, you know, 40 years removed between movies. Tell the truth. Yeah. So 40 years <laughs> between movies, um, almost 40 years between those movies, we're still dealing with the same shit. So it's like a, incredibly ahead of its time. And and obviously had to be written from, uh, you know, the book was written from the perspective of, I haven't read the book, but um, as based on a story from a, an actual player from the um, Cowboys and who was involved in the 60s. So he had, you know, just like Ron Shelton with Bull Durham, had a first, you know, was literally experienced in all this stuff. So he he brought a real-world perspective to the film that, um, or to the, the creative idea behind the film that you can't get from someone from the outside. Yeah, and I guess the book is a lot darker than the film, yeah. which we've already talked about how, how funny this film is, which I think really makes it because it is a harrowing tale kind of i mean not like compared to some of the other stuff we've done but like you go into it you know thinking it's just going to be a football movie and like we just talked about like you're so used to sports movies being uplifting or you know like you're rooting for a hero but like and i'm not saying nick nolte's an anti-hero by any means but he's not a hero in this he's just a guy and like presenting that in a sports movie is so different than how we grow up on sports movies you're supposed to, you know, there's a good guy and a bad guy and you're supposed to root for one. Mm. But in this film, it asks you to like football. So secondary, it's about man versus a corporation almost. Um, Cause they just, I mean, it just shows how I don't care if you're, if, if this is about football or if this is about like this, like, like a stockbroker or a journalist or whatever, like this is a man being completely fucked over by his boss, basically at the end of the day. Mm. So I think everybody can relate to that, and football is just secondary nature to it. Like the story itself sells sells the movie, but you don't expect that when you going into a football movie with you know two football players in boots with cheerleaders around them on the cover of it. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it's it's definitely. I don't think it gets a lot of praise because people expect sports movies to be, you know, over the top and really like inspiring but this does none of that like i imagine like a high school football player trying to watch this and get motivated motivated about going out to play and it's like yeah it's not for that person mm. whereas like you know rudy or um i don't know what some other football movies i'm sure even any given sunday kind of i don't know well i'm sure we'll get to any given sunday too because there are a lot of parallels between the, this and uh any given sunday which is in interesting film <laughs> yeah yeah i mean the one that comes to mind for me that like 
was one that was very popular growing up. Obviously, you remember the Titans? I think came out when I was right, right, eleven, and that's and, like, and that's like a great, that's a great Disney football movie. Like, I'm not gonna besmirch it by saying, but it's not. That's good for kids. Yeah, yeah and it, it's and, like it and it does, and it does attack some some issues that, like, obviously the racial issues that were in the that were portrayed in that film, but. It doesn't actually get it into it. just the, wasn't true to life at all, though. Yeah, like the strong side, left side, inspirational shit that's a Yeah, it's amazing like, when you're a kid. I, like, well, yeah. were we, like, we were like around 10 when that came out, yeah. or 11. Yeah. And it's like when you see that, you're like, everybody's equal. Like, let's go. Like, not that I thought didn't think that before, but well, it like and, instills and they, it and in your do brain. It without getting hurt, too. Like, that's the. Yeah. yeah. But like, it turns out that Herman and the, the real life Herman is a dick. <laughs> just like. <laughs> You like that's what I love about like films like this in Bull Durham is like they don't they don't sugarcoat reality. Yeah. They show you exactly what it what it was and kind of like nineteen seventeen it was like that we talked about. It's like they didn't sugarcoat anything about this. Like these guys are in dire straits. And I don't mean to compare war to football like we were just talking about, but it has always been linked in American culture, war and football. Yeah, they just are linked. Yeah. Because the terms, like, the terms are interlinked. Like, mm-hmm. you know, throw a bomb. Um, like, I don't know. There's other ones. I read a book about it. <laughs> it's like, it's about the American psyche and how, like, we're geared in towards, like, rooting for a team, like, so hard because of war. So it has, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah we got really far off of North Dallas 40 here, but it is. Oh, no, it's I mean, it's, it's actually very, it's very much on, on the point that we're, because, um the way they treat these men's bodies is to, you know, like um, when, you know, uh, they they coax Elliot into getting in there and taking the pain shot for his knee because he thinks he's going to play the full game. So it's like, fuck it, I'll do the... Yeah, and then the viewer doesn't know that. The viewer doesn't know that they're doing that for that reason. I guess they kind of are. Well, no, it's like... I, after, I never thought about it that way. After, the, after watching, um, that's what, like, it kind of... You kind of... Well, because I think Elliot says it. He's like, they're just using me to... Delma to, yeah he says that at that point yeah. but like when you're watching it sorry in real yeah time, so I, it's like a it's a hindsight it, thing that i saw like after like yeah after, yeah you kind, of, sure. you kind of wrap it up all in your head and go oh yeah that was because then delma's in the room too and like and he, delma's fucking doing the right thing like you know why not what, playing gonna, i'm not gonna know that it's i'm not gonna know if my fucking hamstring gets ripped off the bone because of this shit but then the coach comes in there and says oh like any what the coach does is very much like what um World War Two propaganda would do to young men too. It's like you're not gonna, what what's more important yourself or what you can do for your country or what you can do for your team. Like it's essentially what that assistant coach says, and then he and like he, he says it in very stern terms, but then gives him a pat on the back. I'm just trying to help you out. Like it's 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 incredible. Not trying to help him out at all. It's He's trying to help himself. Yeah, out. <laughs> it's incredibly sinister, um, horrible manipulation of a young young man that's. Well, that guy's drinking Maalox all the time. He knows. He knows yeah. he's fucked up. And then O.W. almost kills him at the end of the <laughs> film, which is good. And, like, that lets the audience, like, the audience gets to be, like, act through O.W. in that because they know how much of a dick. I almost said cocksucker, which is not, you can't say that in 2020, but they say it a lot in this you film. Can, uh, and you they say quote, it a lot in You sport. can quote it in the con- context of the film, which, again, Bull Durham <laughs> also uses it in a very... Very famous. Yeah, it's toxic masculinity that's tied into sports. Like, Mm -hmm. it's just how it is, and it's how it always will be because that's the mindset it takes to be to basically go to war, like we were talking about. Like you, like you see how like everybody handles it differently. Like going into the game, like some dudes are shitting their brains out, which would be me probably. (laughs) (laughs) No, my stomach. 
some guys are puking other guys are beating up coke machines yeah you know other guys are praying you know it's just like one guy and i like this that pre-locker room scene for the chicago game amazing goes on for a long time and it's just like it's it's done in a way that's almost like a documentary because it just floats around and catches different moments of the pre-game and there's no like soundtrack to it you just like the soundtrack to it is the background noise of guys getting ready and it's like a really doc there's a documentary feel to it that nervousness to yeah. it it's yeah. like that that low murmur they do that in energy. um damned united as well yes yeah. they have that where they're nervous but it's soccer instead of football mm. which is less like war it's more like a cold war in soccer but <laughs> i still love it all the same but like cough uh, going up to the guy and being like Oh, like yeah. all, you know, he's all nervous. It's like, yeah. yeah, but like in football, it's like you're nervous because not only because you don't want to lose, but you don't want to get fucking killed out there. Yeah, like yeah. So yeah, everybody handles it differently. Yeah, so my one. I love that scene though. Yeah, there's one bit where it kind of the camera pans over the top of the locker room, and everyone's getting ready, and there's yeah. the one guy just lying on top of the yep. locker asleep. Yeah. Like, I was like, I love that guy. Like, I don't even know which character. Yeah. I don't know if that was that was just a sideline character. He's not a main sure. character yeah. at all. But just but. a guy asleep on top of the lockers while everyone else is getting ready. Like he's like, I I got this. Well, it's also funny when the the guys are praying. The couple, the uh, couple of not so Christian boys yeah. are praying, <laughs> and the guy in the background's looking at it like a Playboy. Or whatever, and he just calls him a pussy. <laughs> He's like, "Can you ask him to so, to make sure we cover pussy?" Yeah. It's so, it's so like it. Like, uh, see, we both played sports growing up, and so we know it's like this mindset of like fucking. It takes a lot to get into that. Like, yeah, uh, God, young I'm... men and like even men in their twenties and thirties playing a game like they're not grown-ups and that's kind of what this film is about too it's like it's a business that like little kids are basically in and when they try to stand up it doesn't work yeah. because when it's a business to them it's a game to you and when it's a game to them it's a business like they always have the you know the ace high so yeah i mean like let's just since you brought up ow's bit there um sorry i, I think he was an actual football player that's what i was gonna bring up he um Tragically, died. I think 1989, he died of a overdose of some kind of. Um, yeah, he was a big steroids guy. Yeah, I think it's Lyle Alzado. Is that who it is? No, no, it's it's. I'm trying to. Safari's just slowly bouncing away, like taking forever on the desktop. So I'm just gonna you grab my phone here for a second. I got it. Um, it's John Matschuk or something like that. Like I'm probably. Oh yeah, Matschuk. Yeah, Matschuk. Yeah, he yeah. played for um, the Raiders. He won two Super Bowls with the Raiders. Yeah. Um. So and he was he's former number one. John Matsuka. He also wrestled, yeah, like professional wrestling. But yeah, he was a big, um, he was a big steroids user and kind of like he was also in Goonies. He played Sloth. Yeah, very famous <laughs> role. Yeah. Um, well, like what I wanted to bring up, like, because yeah, he's a former number one draft pick and and all that stuff. So he's like certainly gone and Super Bowl winner. So he's his experience of like, um. 70s football is very like real um for that role and like when you see the emotion like because that's one of the great moments in the film like uh, of many great scenes in that film where there's a lot of great emotion shown and and really great the film has really great performances like mac davis was like his debut role like um yeah he's a country singer yeah he wrote he wrote a little less conversation for elvis like 
yeah yeah so like he's like he had a and he's like jacked in that film he like talks about how bad his body was and like when i was younger i was like yeah it looks like shit and now i'm like you know in my <laughs> low 30s and i'm like ah oh, fuck <laughs> he's pretty... phil, phil elliott made me feel good but... <laughs> yeah, all he needed was his hands he didn't need anything else so <laughs> yeah that's another great scene in the lot in the weight room when they're just they had already t- popped a bunch of pills <laughs> sitting there while everybody else is lifting super hard. <laughs> Which half of like those lifts now of those machines they were using are like not good for you. It's like some 1970s bullshit. Like the neck things, like those. I was looking, looking at that one, like the guy that's got the ones against his eyes. And I was like, that looks like I feel like I'm watching a Final Destination movie. Something's gonna go it, wrong. Yeah, or <laughs> saw or some shit. Yeah. yeah, it's like that's not even good for you. Yeah. It's like you're like fucking up your spine probably. Yeah. But hey, 1970s. It's yeah. all about like plyometrics and shit. Yeah. Um going back to is it Matsuka? I'm like probably fucking up the Yeah. Yeah. Um John Matsuka. Would like that scene where he's like just ripping like that coach's asshole out like after that game. Like that to me, like I wonder how much of that, you know, and we can we can't ask him now. He was still playing at the time. He was still he in been, his career. Yes, he would have been because I think he won, like he finished in 81 or something like that too. So yeah. No, 82. Yeah. The, yeah. I think the Raiders won in 81, but like the game was played in 82. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Um, how much of that do you think was like his actual, like that felt re- very real. and like It didn't so seem like acting. Yeah. Let's it's say like, that. Like I wonder if he's like over his years, like, you know, because he went to, he bounced to a couple of teams before he ended up on the Raiders for those, what, six years and he won those couple of couple of rings but um clearly i think after his death there was traces of cocaine found in his system so he's probably and you know just un- and tragically that was just that some of the journey a lot of athletes went down in the 70s and 80s um was um yeah you know, n- nothing against uh you know playing around a little bit but some of them just yeah played, an enlarged heart as yeah, well just which too hard as well and, and unfortunately led to the deaths of a few yeah athletes. steroids will make you do that they'll make you play too hard yeah. so you don't oh man that was a weird era in football also those raiders teams were known for like like ken stabler easily could have been seth in this film yeah i read uh this raiders book called badasses which wasn't that good but it kind of detail i think snake is the better biography which was written by um kenny stabler but I think there were a lot of guys like Seth and a lot of guys like Phil Elliott and a lot mm-hmm. like I think there were a lot of guys like this movie portrays. Whereas like I feel the same way about any given Sunday, but I think it's just like so like that was so insane. Yeah. It was like so over the top. And I'm sure that kind of exists, but like well, I think I that's what know. any given Sunday was is like a I've used this term on a few different podcasts, like a hyper real version of the actual, like, because that's what he was trying to do was like make a exaggerate, that's what exaggerate, yeah, and he likes to exaggerate some of the things. He was exaggerating some things to make a point about what is actually happening. Um, I think was what it was. Yeah, sensationalism, like it yeah. happens, yeah. and sports lends itself to that. Obviously, I don't think he, he was. I don't think Oliver Stone was necessarily sensationalizing anything in Platoon because I think other. No, that was probably. I think there. Are, that was yeah. a very real film, like, and you know, it comes from his own experiences as well. So, yeah. I think like none of those Vietnam films were sensationalizing anything, mm-hmm. and I think Platoon fits right in with you know Full Metal Jacket and uh, Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. where I don't think they had to. I don't think they had to sensationalize anything with how crazy it is. Obviously, Apocalypse Now, like 
going after Colonel Kurtz was based on like an 18 or a 19th century book, but yeah. Um, yeah, again, we're way off. We're again talking about war in a football movie, but well, I do think like, you talked about it's very parallel. Like, oh, it constantly comes up because of how this film, this film in particular, treats the treats the men that they're coaching. So, it's asking young men to go out and sacrifice their bodies for the rich man standing up in the towers, mm. profits and mindsets and. Just really, at the end of the day, pissing contest when it comes to football. I mean, you watch a lot of these 30 for 30s, especially the one about SMU football and the old mm-hmm. Big South Conference, which took it like SMU was in Dallas. Yeah. And they show old school Dallas and they show what these guys were like, these young, younger heirs to like oil fortunes were like. Like they had no worries their entire life. So all they had to do was like get a football team and say like, Hey, my football team is better than yours. Or like I went to SMU and you went to Arkansas. So SMU is going to beat you because they have no other cares in the world. Mm-hmm. So that, that ties into, yeah. Like, Hey, my country is going to beat your country in a war. And we're just going to send poor people off to fight each other. And we have tougher poor people. <laughs> so basically like all this world has ever come down to. It's really fucked up. That's why football is very, very linked with war. Yeah. And I think it's why um, we get a lot of we do get a lot of football movies that are that have Texas as kind of a background to them too, which is interesting because like important down there. Yeah, you know, like Friday Night Lights is another great one that um, I read that book this summer. It was interesting. Yeah, a lot I, of I, racism. Yeah, <laughs> I want to I want to read the book as well because it's, it's widely known as one of the great sports books ever so it's um, it's good. I went into it like being pissed because there had been a TV show that had like. I haven't seen the TV show or the movie. I heard the movie is good. The movie's great. The TV show is a like a teen drama thing, but I actually I enjoyed. I w- I've watched the first couple of seasons. Um, haven't watched I know people before. who love the TV show yeah. too. It's just like I, I, it doesn't. It's po- it's like a popcorn version of it, and but it does. It still does some real like there's some real issues that comes up in it, but because it is a seasonal seasonal TV show, they have to keep up the drama to do that aspect of what TV yeah. is, which is. It is what it is. Like that's if you if you're able to come, I'm able to compartmentalize and say, yeah, I'm watching this for a bit of entertainment where everything's like it's kind of like you you folding the beautifuls and stuff like that where they create drama and like it's like why would you ever actually yeah. live in that town like Grey's Anatomy? Why would you ever go get treated at that hospital? Because like what's what's gonna fucking happen? But like they're all banging. They're <laughs> not there to help you. <laughs> they're all banging and they're not gonna last. <laughs> both in their relationships and their lives they're gonna and their lives yeah well if you read friday night lights just get ready for a bunch of like teenage white kids saying the n-word a lot and like not thinking it's a big deal at all and then also unfortunately you still have that in some places now so um, oh a ton of places yeah so it's, it's unfortunately real so it's all the places where the coronavirus pandemic is <laughs> raging. <laughs> it's not funny, but we laugh. We laugh it, because otherwise we'd be crying. Yeah, but the book is good. That town got really mad at the at the author of it. Kind of like how Danny Don said that what you texted me about. It's like oh, yeah. if, uh, yeah, yeah, if the the author of the book had as good a hands as he said he did, he would have thrown to him more, which is exactly what Seth would say. Yeah. You know, that's like a Seth quote too. So it's like, well, Danny Don, how much do you remember from this? Cause you're just going to get in that pile, going to get knee deep in that pile. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had a quarterback sandwich. 
<laughs> God. Yeah, it's gross. It's gross. Um, but it's real. Yeah. Uh, what What do we think about Seth as a character? Because like, it's obvious that they've got a incredible. Well, he like, really they're, they're, kicks you in the dick at the end. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like they're they're very close, and Seth, like he's the one that gets Elliot onto the field at the end of the game, and who knows how that game might have gone if Elliot was on the game the field the whole time, but. Um, like, so he rides hard for his dude and he's, he's throwing him, he's giving him the passes when he's on the field. Like, you know, cause he, the coach got are, that connection. Yeah. The coach and the coaches are ripping him like in the, in the film, like, cause they're like, you know, enough of this buddy, buddy bullshit or whatever. So like they're friends. Like that's bullshit though, because that's how they like, they fucking won the game and like, yeah, you look he's such a fucking prick. And at the end of the movie, and we'll get to this later, but it's like, BA knows Elliot's right. I mean, he like he you can, can hardly see that say emotion. You can only see that emotion in BA's eyes when he's saying those things. He's like, BA, really well acted. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Seth, like that end of the film, like when he's like, you know, he didn't say anything about like, and you know, Elliot, Elliot's like challenging the um, private investigator. He's like, who was it? Because you know who the fuck it was that I was with at that party. Yeah, oh, yeah. No, he's just un- but he didn't throw him under the bus because unnamed- Elliot's the man. Yeah. Bill Elliott, top five movie character of all time in my book. Yeah. Maybe top three. Maybe one. I don't know. There's a <laughs> lot out there. Yeah. I probably like him more than Steve Zizou overall, but Steve Zizou Ooh. is also... Yeah. Yeah. He's my dude, though. I almost watched Life Aquatic the other day. I was looking for a happy movie. But I did. I yeah. did when the election was still up in the air. Yeah. That's a smart move. Even though I knew it wasn't, but yeah. 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 yeah because, because Trump. Yeah. <laughs> Technically still up in the air, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's like, so, yeah, Seth could have thrown him under the bus, but he didn't because he's like, because he knows no matter what, like, he's like, he's, He's, even if he did say his name in that meeting, what is it going to materially matter? Because, like, the car, like, uh, uh, is it Hunter? Like, he already, he already says, like, when, um, when, uh, Elliot brings up Joanne's name, it's like, oh, we don't, or someone brings it up, he's like, well, we don't need to bring that up now like they, they're gonna quash. don't need emmett's dick to shrivel <laughs> inside his body even more than it already yeah but as a viewer you're like fucking, oh, fuck fucking <laughs> <laughs> um i love that i love i didn't realize it was the same woman when i was younger again idiot when i, I probably saw this movie for the first time when i was like 11 or 12 yeah you don't get <laughs> like you don't understand relationship you're, you're like i want to see the football scenes <laughs> <laughs> you hardly even care about the boobs but uh, hardly, yeah. Hard. I mean, you do. Yeah, but you're like, it out of 10. you're like, who is this woman, and who like, who cares? Mm. But like, when I remember the first time I, I think I was twenty, the first time I remember realizing it was that woman. Yeah. That it, because I also saw that movie in parts a lot when I was growing up, because mm. my dad would always be watching it. But uh, yeah, like I sent you on Snapchat earlier too. I just didn't even notice that. Uh, that scene like ever in my life where the blonde lady with long hair is like looking at Phil when he walks in mm. and he looks at her mm. and he's like, should I talk to her? It's like, he looks around. He's like, probably do better. <laughs> <laughs> and then I didn't realize later, like after he's out back smoking with Seth, he's walking back towards the party. And that woman goes, you had your chance. First time I noticed it is that yeah. lady that with the really long hair. I, yeah. It's the first time I noticed it. I love this movie. Yeah, There's I, so I, many I great details. I laughed when it. I saw that. Cause I was like, if she's screaming, you had your chance while she's on the arm of another guy. I'm like, yeah, I didn't really want to go there. Then <laughs> yeah, you're, you're a nut job. 
But there's just so much in that scene too. Of, like, there's so much good acting in this film. In that scene alone, there's no words spoken at all. It's just looks back and forth, and it's Nolte absolutely killing it yeah. in that scene. It's, 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 it's like perfect. Yeah. I don't know. I love um, Elliot. Well, like before we take also a- in that scene, Seth leaves like takes a girl from one of his teammates <laughs> in the background. If you have, if you don't notice that, so, yeah. Which I just noticed this time upon watching it, and the guy's pissed. He's like, <laughs> "Whereas <laughs> Seth could have had any girl in that party. Already had three on his arms. So yeah, whatever." That's the quarterback always one in the big bag. And he flipped one of them out the window <laughs> to save <laughs> Phil's life. That was and good. that's like just shows like what like these women are to these men, and like Disposable. Seth even says that in that film. He's like, "Hey, those these women know." what they're doing coming here and it's like that's so fucked up it's yeah. such a fucked up thing and i think they include shit like that in this film to show that it was fucked up even back in 79 it's not supposed to be cool it's supposed to be fucked up yeah and they, and they get happening. they kind of get to that later when like they're feeling seth having that conversation in the ice bath <laughs> um, <laughs> don't you and piss, don't, piss, don't piss in there Oh man, Phil Elliott. Um, he's just he's just like such a slacker's like dream. Like uh, like growing up into and I did it. I did I I loved Phil Elliott since I was like 12 and I grew up to be him <laughs> without the hands. Without the hands or the pain tolerance, but yeah. Here's the Phil Elliott. What a what a guy. Yeah. Love that dude. Um and yet like Seth's character well Seth's character touches on like there's like a little bit more serious moment when Phil kinda asks him if he's ever been in love and he finally admits it. Right, right. I, I haven't. Like and you know, what's what does that say about a man at that age that's had so many women around but football's been such a part of life because I can't imagine not like genuinely being able to admit that at because like, he's he's in his thirties at that point, his character surely like we're we're talking like he's gotta be around thirty. So well, they definitely have a backup quarterback breathing down his neck, so I yeah. would think he's like in his mid to late thirties at that point. Yeah, so, especially if he's like supposed to be like a Danny Don ripoff, who like, yeah, yeah. So like, there's some, you know, and like this movie does a great job of like never like, they never um, undersell something or oversell it. It's just like it's just what it is. It's a part of life in the, these few weeks that we spend with these guys. It's like all these things are just statements. So it's like the, why they. It's why, like, um, before we go to break, I'll mention it. Like, I, when I looked up this film, like, when I was just looking up to rent it, it was, like, labeled as, like, a drama, sports, comedy, and then satire was yeah, there as well. Yeah, like, four, four words yeah, just and like, so I, it was kind of misleading because I don't think there's no satire to it in my opinion. It's very, it's very real. And then the comedy, you know, when you see comedy in sports, and then, like you mentioned earlier, the poster is very, like, National Lampoon's Animal House in a way. Um they're in cowboy boots. Yeah, it's like I saw the, I saw the poster <laughs> and that and that write up. I'm like, am I am I watching like what am I getting into? I'm watching Slapshot and fucking like semi pro here. Like what what am I getting into exactly? And I watched the movie and I was like, no, that was very real and like the comedy was natural. Like um, when you you mentioned it in text earlier when he's like five minutes and it's like how much time, coach? Five. <laughs> fuck you. Like, <laughs> like five minutes. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. Like it's all like none of that is. It's very like natural comedy. It's like situated, and that's like the kind of lock- locker room comedy that you you get in real life as well. So it was like, yeah, the 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 poster and the and the the kind of tagline description is a bit misleading for the film. Like, and that might be part of why it doesn't get 
Because I can't imagine rolling through your sports films and Netflix or whatever, and if North House Forty is on there, you see that poster, and if you're looking for like a a more serious, like a Blue Mountain State type bullshit, is what it looks like. Is exactly what it looks like. I fucking love Blue Mountain State, by the way. But it's so bad. (laughs) But I watched it all under. Like I just got it. Yeah. Yeah. That reminds me of college. God damn it. We're in our 30s. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I got, I've got the Blue Mountain State all, all three of the seasons on DVD, and I might start ripping through some of them later today. Now it's been mentioned. It's been a while. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Pocket Pussy episode is one of the all-time great episodes. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it was on Spike TV, and that is like if toxic masculinity could be a TV channel. <laughs> like... <laughs> And that show does and it. But me, it's... me and Andrea watch it together. It's like one of those ones that's so stupid. Yeah. It's just like what it is. So, yeah. Um, In my last relationship, I would be watching it and my girlfriend would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> She's just, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, like, I, think, I think I was about to say like, and before we go to break, I just want a final like thought on this is that Seth's character um, really kind of you go through the whole film thinking he's riding hard for, but then like it's like at the end of the film. But then I sit there and think that they're both mature enough to know that there's no other way. Like it's either Phil goes down alone or they both go down together. Like there's no, no, no way that Phil's going to save his own skin by throwing Seth under the bus. So it's like this big grudge. And Phil knows that, and he's yeah. a great dude. He knows like he's just a good dude. Yeah. But also at the start of the film, Seth says, "Hey, we're whores." Yeah. Might as well be the best at it. He basically warns Phil, yeah. like I know, like not that it's not a schmuck move, but it it is a schmuck move. But he tells Phil exactly what he is. Yeah, and they might be friends, but he, you know. Yeah. So he's kind of he's kind of like the other side of Phil, like where Phil knows the business is kind of getting, you know, be draggled by it. Like he's just he's been becoming tired and uh, about like how the business runs with in relation to how much he enjoys it. Whereas Seth is like he understands the business, but is kind of thriving despite it. Like he's just doing what he he's doing what he can to get through. It. Whereas Phil's like, you know, Seth does what the coach says a bit more probably, even though he still gets chewed out a bit because of him and Phil's relationship. But whereas Phil's really like you know challenging the brass about all these things because he's he he can't handle it as well as Seth. So it is it's like. Yeah, it's like two whores as um, Seth refers to them and like Seth is just doing a better job of it because he understands the business. They have the same understanding, but he's better at dealing, coping with it, I guess. They reiterate that throughout, especially the start of the movie. They're like, hey, seeing through the seeing through the game is not the same as winning the game. And I guarantee I said you said that to you when we were at the O-Bar at some point because that is a line that has stuck with me since before I was a teenager. It's like, because my dad basically instilled it into me too. I was like, because I remember saying to him, "It's like, hey, that's a good line." He's like, "Yeah, I mean, just remember it. Mm-hmm. Like, you can see through whatever you're doing, and you can be the smartest guy in the room and see through everybody. Mm-hmm. But if you don't play the game, then the game's gonna leave you behind. And the game, the game is the game, even if you see through it, because enough people don't see through it. So it's like, yeah, and that's the thing that the um, yeah, the owners in the film always know is that. You know, he might be a great pass catcher, but there'll be another one coming. Like, you know. From Texas Tech, apparently. Lubbock. Emmett yeah. says, fuck <laughs> that guy. Fuck Emmett. Real enemy of the... But yeah, in OW, like, really breaks that down later. Obviously, the lines we've already talked about when yeah. OW goes after the coach. But I think Phil Elliott actually does have, like, this moment of catharsis. 
in that moment because he thought he was the only one you saw through the game and mm-hmm. all these other guys are just meatheads but it's like oh this like guy who's like insane he's like bumping fists in this like homoerotic way with joe bab and uh <laughs> before the game and they're like let's go babe. guide him to his locker and everything yeah but he what's, sees through it too yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> We're gonna get in their butts. <laughs> How far in their butts? Deep in their butts. You're just like, what? what the fuck? And you're like, this is the most homoerotic thing I've ever seen. And like, sports lends itself to that too. It's like sports are that way. Mm. There is a lot of homoeroticism in sports, but it's masqueraded as just aggression. It's, yeah. like this, it's this weird thing. The dichotomy of sports is insane. It's like. And that's what this movie makes you realize. Whereas, like, Blue Mountain State doesn't really make you realize jack shit. <laughs> Except that these guys like to have fun. Yeah, although I guess you could say that the fact that they're sharing around, like, um, a sex toy kind of <laughs> is, a, is a, in a weird way, um, shows a bit of that just in a very slapstick way that doesn't really get into it. But, um, yeah. I think, oh, God. <laughs> I think now is about the time time for a break now that, like, we've, I've discussed. Yeah, no more Blue Mountain State. It's been shagging. talked about enough. <laughs> All right, we'll take a break and we'll get back into some more North Dallas 40 in the uh, second half. Hey, Eddie. You, have- you look really good out there, man. Bring it to Wish we could say the same thing for you, Joe Bob. You should have studied Wheat's tendencies. Thought I did, Coach. And you don't listen. I we would have won if we, we studied those tendencies. Oh, shit! You never give us anything to bring in the game except your fucking facts and tendencies. To you, it's just a business. But to us, it's still got to be a sport. You're supposed to be a professional. You've got that your place. Oh, shit! We'll work harder than anybody to win. But, man, when we're dead tired in the fourth quarter, winning's got to mean more than just money. You're hired to do a job. Job! Job! I don't want no fucking job. I want to play football, you asshole. I want some feeling. I want some fucking team spirit. This ain't no high school. You don't have to love each other to play. It's just what I mean, you bastard. Every time I called a game, you called a business. And every time I called a business, you called a game. You and B.A. and all the rest of you coaches are chicken shit cocksuckers. No feeling for the game at all, man. You'll win, but it'll just be numbers on a scoreboard. Numbers, that's all you care about. Fuck, man, that's not enough for me. I don't have to listen to you. Oh, yes, you fucking do. You've got to listen to me for once. All you coaches are chicken shit cocksuckers. You're all chicken shit cocksuckers. God damn you. Far out. It like is such a good holiday movie for me too. I didn't even think about that before doing it, but it like made me like reminded me of my dad a lot. I was like, yeah, yeah. My dad's younger, one of his younger brothers is like, when this came out in '79, my dad would have been like 23, and his younger brother would have been like 21 or whatever. He's like, his younger brother's like, you're Phil Elliott, and so like that's always been a thing to me. Is like Phil Elliott reminds me of my dad. Yeah, but now he reminds me of me. So it's like. I have that whole thing. Yeah, it's like a family thing. Yeah, it's cool. It's come full circle. Um, I did start yeah. recording um, as you started going into that, so that was a good little intro. God damn it! <laughs> That's a good little intro into the second half, which you is have. it's great to actually be able to use second half in like the context of football, which you know, with Ted Lasso being both yeah types of coaches. Um, but yeah, let me a- interrupt you right yes. there with I think they sprinkle in football perfectly in this film. Yes. Like in that big game against Chicago, mm-hmm. like they're just like, oh, last two minutes here, here, that's all you get. Yeah. Like, 
And, so and it's 14 to 7, yeah. <laughs> which is what football used to be like. It's classic. You know? I, when I heard that scoreline, I was like, that is classic, like, 60s, 70s football because it was, like, such a... They're playing in the mud. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it, I can't In Chicago, like, it's cold as shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I've got a lot to say about the um, football scene at the end because we don't get, actually, much, that's the only football game that's in the movie, I think, right? Like, Well... Other than the highlights at the start of like Phil, yes, catch- that's like him remembering something. It's not happening in real something in real time in the film, right? Like that's him, right, yeah, know, recollecting his last game. So then we get the training scene, which you've mentioned is great in the gym as well. But like, yeah, for a football movie, we get one game like that's that you know the the classic kind of, and game. we only get two minutes of it. Yeah, but like what is done there, it's done incredibly well. Like I was like watching it and thinking like all this kind of camera work and stuff that you're seeing in this movie it was like the kind of stuff you see now like in these kind of movies like it was really i was really impressed like because you know when you when you suggested this one i was like and you you were hadn't even seen it for a while i don't think and you were like oh, i'm hoping it holds up as well as i remember it and so and that's what we do when we go into older movies is like is this gonna like show its age and it i think it holds up really well and especially that football scene kind of capped it for me like the, it, watching throughout the film i was like oh no this is good this is good like i can see this kind of movie being made now and beyond like obviously updated like look to the film because of just current technology and acting the film essentially would be able to be played the same because it's just it's um very honest and real and that doesn't change through time so but the football scene was really good i, I really enjoyed that like the camera work like even the when they go to the um uh, Maxwell's viewpoint for a second, um, like that's yeah, kinda... that's what football is like. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> it's, I mean, I only played for so long, but yeah, I mean, when you're in it, you're in it, and that that slow motion moment mm-hmm. of just bodies colliding is like, yeah, yeah, you're in it. It's scary. It's like war. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like going back to the first half of the pod, mm-hmm. it's like that. It's like all right. It's like survive or don't, but I also think the way that they sparingly put in football footage was one, obviously just a way to save money and not have to like, you know, make sure that all their football scenes were great, which they are. Mm-hmm. Although the one where Delma like gets hurt, like that would never happen in football. Really. He wouldn't get laid out like that. He'd just fall down. But you know, that's a little sensationalism, I guess, going back to me saying that there's none. But I think them just sprinkling... Fair, haven't we seen plenty? Yeah. Of, we've seen plenty of people get laid out roughly in football. Like I can, right. Yeah. I, can, I can't imagine that happening in a, a grand game that it kind of ground down to some brutality there, um, especially with... I that. also think, yeah, I think it's also prophetic that, like, he said, like, I won't be able to tear, tell if I tear my hamstring from the bone. Mm. And it's like, well... You did yeah. when you did. <laughs> like, but he was saying he couldn't feel it beforehand, so he wouldn't have been exactly. Able... But when he tore it from the bone, yeah. he felt it still because there's not enough juice in the world for that because yeah. that hurts so bad. But I think they sprinkled in football just enough to show that, like, hey, this movie's not about football. This movie's about <laughs> this movie's about you know Phil Elliott basically and his character and his character not. He does have character development in it, I think. He does have a story arc. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Which I think he grows because he sees that the ranch, like he wants to make that ranch, and he finally found a woman who was, you know, smart enough and pretty enough and witty enough to settle down with. And, and also maybe cha- now there is something more than the game, kind of like Crash Davis, honestly. Yeah. It's and cha- and, and challenges him too because she's not, I think what like you see in a lot of these films is you have the ones that just climb all over football players 
And you're like, you have that girl at the party who's like, he, that guy's punching the fucking table to like, oh, she had a bruise the other day. Like, a guy showed her a bruise and she showed him some titty. Like, imagine what, she, what she's going to do when she sees this. I'm like, that is fucked up. So, like, and you can see, like, Phil Elliott. But like, that's like childish yeah, shit exactly. that is talking about. But yeah. BA is not saying that childish shit to them. Because yeah. they're not they're not making smart ass comments, but it's like, hey, and guess and what? This guy actually is anyway. smarter than everybody, but you're mad at him for being childish. Yeah. Because he threatens you. He threatens your reign of terror, basically. And th- another thing, football coaches are fucking dicks and they fucking suck. And they don't have to be that way. I don't think you have to be that way to be successful. And this film paints it that way because the author played under Landry, who is the world-renowned piece of shit mm. asshole um good coach but yeah yeah well, we anytime should... we idolize these coaches it's like no they're absolute like especially the college ones it's like no they they crave power and they love being able to lord it over people it's like why nick saban and Dabo sweeney could not ever make it in the nfl nick saban tried and he failed in 14 games mm-hmm. but these guys can because they love lording power. And yeah, NFL coaches do. And I think this film maybe maybe exaggerates that a little bit. But I think back then they I think back then NFL coaches did have that power. I think it's evolved now where athletes have so much money and so much shine that it's not as much of a coach's game. Whereas like back in the day of um Lombardi and Landry and, you know, all these like Coach Chuck Knoll through the 70s, mm-hmm. all the way through the 70s. I think it started to change in the 80s, probably after this film, actually. <laughs> I think that, honestly, like the Niners and Bill Walsh, I don't think Bill Walsh was like that. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, what I was thinking about um, when you were saying that about coaches is like we've seen that this kind of thing changing in, um, you know, uh, uh, like a uh, uh, world football, like um, soccer, uh, like you've seen, absolutely, you've yeah. seen like uh, the coaching thing back in the day was like being tough and tough and hard. And there's like you know the stories of um, Brian so, Clough, yeah, Brian Clough, like Alex Ferguson uh, throwing a boot across the room and like hitting David Beckham, and like that's kind of caused that rift there. So it was like a, a power dynamic there. But you see yeah, now, fuck like, Alex Ferguson. Yeah, by like, the way. Well, you see, like fuck. guys like um, and I'm not. I won't just. Oh, Klopp's actually got a quote specifically about this. So we'll bring it up in a second. But you've seen guys like Klopp, uh, Pochettino. I think is a seems like a more of a like they they, and what Klopp's said specifically about it is he's like, the best way to coach players is to get to know them. I'm not gonna. Some people want to be yelled at and told exactly what to do in harsh terms because that's what drives them. So if I find a player that likes that. I would treat him a bit more like that. But if there's a player that's a little bit more, has some anxiety about those issues and does and, and needs to be treated differently, that's what I'll do because that's what coaching is. It's getting to know players. If you go in there with like a a dictator, a dictatorial style, it's not going to work. And that's what Klopp does. And that's and, and you can see that. Like he's got to, he's kind of got to approach that melds all kind of different personalities into a, into a, into a cohesive unit. And you see that the complete opposite in what the way BA and his assistants work, it is like, you've got to stand down to this style and you can kind of see, like we see it with Elliot. And then when OW blows up at the end of the film, you can see he's kind of, he's been taking it and taking it, but he's ready to blow up because he's not, he's sick of their shit. And he's sick of like, you know, the way they treat them. So, you know, it's, especially the, I don't assistant head coach. He's just so bad. Like, and oh. he's like BA's little like minion. He yeah. like mate like yeah. He's kind of like you know it's we have like uh, this is like no, I'm not trying to compare them as people like as characters to the people. But it's like 
you have Hitler, who's like the head guy, but then you have your Goebbels. You have you have you have you guys like yeah. Goebbels. We could probably find a, a better thing. We could go like no. David Stern with the NBA, and then Adam Silver underneath him. No, then, but like, I'm talking about like you have evil. Like I'm just just making a parallel to like evil people, but then there's like people that are actually even. They're not like the head of the unit, but they're like suit like even more piece of shitty in the way that they like they they're the ones that actually carry. But like Trump and McConnell, let's like just fucking yeah, which it's similar to Hitler. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I just don't I'm, like bringing no, up not, like Hitler in comparison to like sports because it's well, they, so different. I'm, we're talking but about Hitler we're also, we're also talking about, we're also talking about fictional characters. So I'm just trying to make a parallel. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to make a but parallel that, that, is that Tom Landry. Yeah, and but then you have the guy underneath that's actually even more wily, wily and evil because they're the ones that actually carry, feels like he has to be. They're the ones that actually have to carry out the work that the evil guy above them is telling them to do. So he's the one that actually got to go into the into the medical room and like and kind of coax Delma into taking the shot. And you know that's what BA wants, but BA's not going to do it. He's got to get the guy to do it, and that's why he's like you know <laughs> he's even like they're both terrible but that guy that's actually enacting it is like a, a, is a special kind of um yeah evil i guess and and and, he I gets, think Gert, and yeah. I, I am so i was cheering when he gets chased out of the room by ow who's ready to fucking kill him if he if he takes stays, his jacket off yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and that guy's like running out of the room like a like a piece of shit because he's not ready like ironically the entire movie they're trying to get these guys to be tough to toughen up and go to go to war and go to battle as as they as they're trying to instill this warrior-like mentality just for a game of football and then when when this big guy comes charging at him he fucking runs out of the room like the the pussy he keeps calling all the, the people that won't play because they're injured so it's a very cathartic moment for the film to see like it kind of lays out the thesis in that scene as as to what the film was kind of about like uh, oh we, yeah we, we got in that yeah and we've already talked about it that's the thesis statement of the film yeah, is when it's a business to them, it's a game to you, and when it's a game to them, it's a business to mm-hmm. you, and they get mad at you when you treat it like a business. Yeah, because you're just supposed to be, you know, the good soldier. Going back to the war references, you're just supposed to listen and. Well, we've had a quick pause. I think Shay- that that interaction doesn't happen if they lose that game. You know, winning cures everything. Yeah. And that's why, like, dicks like Nick Saban and Dabo can get away with their fucking holier-than-thou Bible-beating bullshit. Yeah. Sorry. I fucking hate Dabo, Sweeney. <laughs> this has come up in our text threads uh, multiple times when in our sports texting. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, I don't think you find too much disagreement from any of us. So um. He's just exactly that coach. Mm-hmm. I know he played football and everything. But so did that coach. He played at Maryland, and they all laugh when he says he played at Maryland. It's funny, <laughs> but it's funny a little bit. Um, but yeah, Dabo played, but he is the antithesis antithesis of a coach I respect. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's just a fucking Bible beating phony. Yeah, um, it is interesting that this film doesn't go like I said in the first half. This film doesn't. Over oversell something or undersell something. It's just every every moment in the film is what it is as as a part of like the life journey that this we're seeing in these you know week or two of life that we're experiencing with these characters. Um, I did like in particular like they rolled a lot of different things into this film and then like the relig- religious aspect of football and how um, religion is you know and and it's very much something that we see a lot of in 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 the football fandom and stuff is like there's a lot of 
uh, as you as you call it, Bible beating bullshit, uh, and you know, like the uh, the, the I the, the, never I never said that. I say I call people Bible beating phonies, which is straight from Bob Ross, who called Mark Jackson a Bible beating phony when he played for New York. Yeah, that's a hey, journalist got journalist spec, and that's all I'm saying. Yeah, but I just mean like in the in the film, it's like this irony of like getting a um a priest or whatever in to do a big prayer before the game and like that. And you, you brought it up a little bit on the first half, but I wanted to bring it up more as a full circle thing is like, I mean, you've got a couple of the guys on the team that were, gen- well, you, you, you mentioned that in the imperfect Christianity of them, but like, and you know, if, if that's, how, if that's how they get through, like we're, we're not judging anyone in the podcast about like, if that's what gets them through, but then the, the stupidity and the, um, the disconnect between, saying a prayer for these men before the game as they're going into their battle and and and, and pr- praying for a result and I've of often uh laughed about this in personal conversations about um you know I I'm sure there's an equal amount of prayers on both sides with uh, certain sex of fans but uh, there's always only one winner so what what are we what are we actually saying about uh, the religious connection to sports and then you know when when there is yeah no. when, when Joe Bob <laughs> like right after it's literally as not the, Joe Bob. It's O W. Oh, it's O W. Sorry. Um, literally as the prayer ends, it's like he's just been waiting to be like, "Oh fuck this shit! Let's go kill these cocksuckers!" Like you know, it's like the, that the, fires me up, dude. I'm sorry, I played enough sports. Like <laughs> it does fire me up. Like, oh, yeah, let's go. And yeah. they all run past the priest, and there's yeah. that shot of the priest like like scared going with them. It's like, yeah, yeah like what do you think you're doing? It's even like, the, what, even who the are you even trying the, to even, fool right now. Even the priest trying to walk through them as as they're kneeling, and he's like. Oh shuffling yeah, through and it's really, that's pure comedy, and written it's really into the film is comedy. Yeah, it's really all, and it, it is funny. But again, like I said before, it's, situ- it's situational and natural. It's not like slapstick funny. It's actually just funny. that shit actually happened. Yeah, it's you funny because it. you can imagine it happening. It's like it's it's just awkward shit in a locker room before the game, and then half of most of them are like, "This is just and like that's why they're probably not moving well for him because they're like, this is fucking annoying." <laughs> well, the coach also says in the like in the middle of the prayer. Take off your fucking hats! It's like, all right, what are we doing, dude? Like, <laughs> and, and then he's like, real so- sorry, Monsignor. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry, I just blasphemed or whatever the yeah. fuck they say. And um, yeah, but yeah, and Phil Elliott's kind of just sitting there with his like hand on his face, but like looking at like you know because he's just but like, he's nervous. Yeah, like you can't get past those nerves of that game. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, so great like, acting by Nolte. I don't know if we, I, I we've mentioned you, it, you briefly Nolte mentioned, it. yeah, we should, we should, I, I briefly mentioned that the, the entire cast. well, finish your thought, like, finish your thought on that. Oh, it's just, I, it's, it's just funny how the film does again, like, with everything it does, it doesn't, it doesn't try to make a point about it. It's just, it does bring up like that stupidity of the religious connection to sports. Um, it's like the yeah. hollow relationship that yeah. it has with it, like, and it's also. It's like is it's you have also painted. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, and this is like probably something close to you. Is like, there's a lot of people that when the Cubs finally broke that hoodoo, it was like, oh god, finally, and you know, there was like a bunch of people like, oh, my grand grandpa got to see the Cubs win before they die. Like, how many people? There was a lot of people that passed away in between the times of the Cubs. Like, so it's like, oh, you know, thank. So it's just like I I enjoy when the these kind of disconnects are shown in films very naturally it's like it was a really good way of showing just the stupidity of that moment and every and the kind of disconnect between what these men were about to do because then they go out there and literally break a guy's leg to win a game like they actually explicitly you know fuck him Ma- yeah maxwell and max yeah. maxwell says like 
break his leg if you have to. And on the next fucking play, OW and Joe Bob just fucking... And it looks like it's floppy. Like, that's... in considering. <laughs> I don't know if that was Did great, great, great acting, but that 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 leg was fucked, and in 1979, that was a career-ending injury. What he just yeah, had. yeah, absolutely. And o, I think it's OW kind of actually shows concern. It kind of shows a disconnect. He goes, like, "Man, we heard him bad, Joe yeah. Bob." And Joe Bob's just so fucking tired. He's like, "Fuck him!" Like, "Fuck him!" Yeah, and that's like, Fuck. that's brutal, and that's like, that's real sports shit. Though. Yeah, that's and again, that's what the it disconnect. takes. That's the disconnect. So, so was that was that Monsignor or priest or whatever praying for that? Kind of like because that was what what it took to win the game, like or try to win the game. Unfortunately, in this kick, but well, I was gonna say that like right before the prayer, there's also the rich oil man who owns the team saying, Hey, if you guys win this game, you're all welcome. And like the eyes of Texas are upon you, and all this fucking bullshit. So it's like you have the money, you have the religion, and now you have these boys sacrificing their bodies. Yeah, I think to, it was. A, I think to it was fulfill a, that bullshit. Yeah. Oh, it is. It's. It, they did that absolutely on perfect. Yeah, the money become, comes before the religion, comes before the game. Yeah, they did that absolutely. They're so ahead of its time. Yeah, it's actually a really good point. I hadn't thought about that, but the way they yeah set the whole scene up, great writing and great directing. And they literally whistle when he's talking about like all the things he can give them, and they're like, this, and they all like they call him I think out. They call him say, out like, bullshit. Yeah. It's like that's not happening, yeah. dude. Come on. And like, yeah, and that whole scene is like all the bullshit that these players have to endure just to play a game. Like that's the business side of it. The religion plays into the business side of it. Mm-hmm. but the religion comes after the business because that's how it's yeah it's all about how it's an amazing film and I, again i think it's the best sports movie ever yeah. i really do yeah i i yeah i just personal sentiments are that, like i just have a weird sentiments thing. aside yes yeah. yes yes yeah i think, I think obviously it's... i love rudy rudy's great i don't <laughs> think we'll ever do rudy on here I saw maybe a... if notre dame wins the championship we do Rudy, but yeah, if you if you come up like if there's a special reason that you want to do Rudy, I'll do it with for you. So I want to. I'm scared to watch Rudy at 31 years old. So <laughs> I think I've I seen, love that film though. Yeah, I think I've seen it once, maybe. So it's good. Yeah, it just wasn't a, again. It's another one of those films that wasn't big over here. Um, you know, it's heard I mean, of, it people was, have heard of it. I but. mean, we were young when that shit came out. It yeah. like helped like. It was a catalyst for my Notre Dame fandom, for sure. I had seen him play young. I like the Leprechaun. Mm-hmm. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> yeah. That scene, I think that locker room scene is kind of like the peak of the film. Yeah. It's like everything coming together and like the bullshit really hitting the fan mm-hmm. of, you know, the owners and the coaches. and all. Like, BA is not even involved in it because yeah. BA sees through it but knows better than to interject himself. Mm-hmm. So it's just there's yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Now you said off air as we were getting ready to come back that you. I had, sure did. Um, can't remember if you used word inconsistencies or just a couple of. Yeah. There are a lot, in my opinion, and not a lot, but enough to annoy me. Mm-hmm. As a sports fan, and again, sports movies aren't just for diehard sports fans like you and me. No. Um, there are a lot of diehard sports fans. But there are way more people than diehard sports fans. So, <laughs> but they do say that Chicago is the champions mm-hmm. after, and it's like no, that's that's not that's not how we were presented with this at all. 
It was to um, it was to win the like conference or. I don't think so. Or is it, I or think it was, it was to make the playoffs. Yeah, that's what I thought. So yeah, you bring that up now, and I did immediately as soon as I heard the commentator say it was Chicago or the whatever champions. I was it's like, an no, overlooked that's... line because yeah, yeah, because then... you're focused on Phil and Seth. Yeah. You're like, oh fuck. But they say that shit, and it's like that's so easy to like. Oh, man, it pisses me off. And then at the end of the at the end of the film, when um like, and the, it's a great ending to the film. I love it when Phil and Seth are on the steps of uh, the offices there. Like Phil says, good luck on Sunday. Like <laughs> he's playing again that week. <laughs> yeah, and I thought about that this time though. I agree that that was fucked, and I've definitely thought about that before. Mm. But to me, it's like the bigger Sunday. It's like, hey, good luck every Sunday. You know, okay. like, hey, good luck on Sunday. Like, because you know, because he's gonna. It's kind of like at the start of the locker room scene when the guy, like, when they're getting taped up. And it's like a guy Phil never sees on the team, but they know each other from getting taped up. Yeah. And Phil's walking out and he just says, Hey, have a yeah, have a good game. And he says he's like, You too. It's like that that little thing. It's like mm-hmm. it's that little sports like yeah. lexicon yeah. of just like, hey, we say that like have a good Sunday. Yeah. Means like, hey, next year, stay safe and be good and yeah. yeah. But then, but, but, I, then, yeah. Yeah, but that's me. That's me, like giving well, that, phrases. That, to film. that is if if it was actually a championship game. But earlier in the film, they do present that game as just another game of the week to get them in a better position for the playoffs. So it's exactly. Like, so yeah, yeah, there is that I inconsistency. That. You know, you're right. I did. I did listen to that line, and it immediately stood out to me because I was like, I was under the impression that this wasn't the end of season game. But I did. I yeah, like I said, I've only seen it the once, so it's like you know, what a. I don't know if that's like them trying to like appeal to non-sports fans and like, hey, here's the weight of the film. Yeah, but um, it, I don't. I've never liked that. Yeah, I have to say, I love a film that, um, and a lot of sports films do this, uh, like fictional or non-fictional alike. That um, if the, to add to the drama is that the um, team loses the game in the end because it's kind of and it's, love it. And it's mostly and it's usually when a sports film is genuinely trying to do a film that isn't isn't truly about sports it's trying to say something more so this is again again a film that like is and and as it is often the thing that you do have in sports and and well football in particular is when you score a touchdown at the end of a game it's like you know obviously when you're seven points behind you still actually need to score the extra point you set like a lot of the time we do celebrate like crazy because we think it's done um because we scored the touchdown the extra points just a um especially these days in the nfl obviously but i can imagine back then too it was um these fields so this is a dumb reference but oh continue your thought oh i was just saying i I, I love i love that like it's um it's a tragic end of the film like especially when it's an extra point like most films like this like i mean friday night lights ends with them falling short like at the one yard or two yard line well that actually Uh, happened in reality yes no like yeah sorry sports but yeah yeah i I just mean like you know often it's like that but like for a film like this film it just shows another level of how well done this film was the uniqueness of it is that it, they have the cathartic moment. Oh yeah, this win, the uh, tying touchdown. Oh wait, no, it's not because they, the perfect kicker um, and commentators curse. Wasn't him. the kicker's fault? Sorry, this, the yeah, sorry, the, it was was laces the... out, Dan. <laughs> That's a different film. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's like you know, um, commentators curse and all that stuff about because the commentator's going on about how he hadn't missed one and yada yada yada, and um, yeah, it uh. It, it's I like that in a film like this because it does 
It's, you know, it, it speaks to everything that I've just yeah. It just speaks to everything that this film was about. That it's not all about the um the game was actually not what the film was about. It's just a a a, a way into everything we're talking about. Can I ask you? Were you even aware of them trying to kick the extra point? Was the writing on the wall for you that he was going to miss it when you were watching it? Yes, because as as they, they they were so focused on it um, that I was like, yes, oh, fuck. and I get that now. Yeah, but as a kid, I was just like, you know, you're so focused, like, oh yeah, fucking Phil caught the touchdown. Like as a kid, yeah. you're like, Phil caught the touchdown. All right, it's not like, and you're so accustomed to like sports film footage you're like oh they only started two minutes left in regulation because they're going to show overtime mm-hmm. like because i'd already seen like varsity blues at this point by the time i'd seen this movie i'd seen pro- i'd probably seen any given sunday i saw any given sunday when it came out in 99 so i was 10 yeah. then <laughs> which is not good which has given me penis envy my entire life um <laughs> but that's a different story um <laughs> But hey, dude, shouts to that dude. Great hog. Um, but yeah, you're just like conditioned to like think like, hey, the good guys are going to win in the end. And you definitely don't think it's going to end on like, yeah, you and me can see the writing on the wall so easily at 31 and 32. Like, like, oh, yeah, he's going to miss this. They're like, paint, like, but when you're 12, you don't even think about it. You're like, yeah. so like jazzed up, like. Uh, they scored. Yeah, the good guy scored. Just may, like they maybe remember the Titans. Yeah, and maybe that's like a life cynicism thing that you you expect that kind of stuff to start oh, happening. Oh yeah, and then people ask me why I'm negative. <laughs> Holy shit! Probably because I saw this movie when I was 11 or 12. <laughs> well, and then it's the fact that like, because if you watch enough movies, you kind of start getting used to like signals that of what's gonna because. If if he was just going to score it and they were going to go to extra time, then they wouldn't have even bothered showing the extra time. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking watching Liverpool today. Yeah. Um, watching, uh, <laughs> you know, seeing, you know, you just you just would have assumed that they just would have not even shown the play, the, the extra point kick. It would have just gone on to the next scene. But when they started That's setting, true. when they started setting up for that, I was like, "There's no reason they're going to show this unless, unless um, it's either a trick play for a two point or." Um, or if, or if right, but at what point in your life do you think you would realize that while watching it? I, in my head, straight away, I was like, "He's gonna miss the kick." Because right, but like, so. at what age do you think straight away you would think that? Was uh, it? Would you twenty one? Would you be eighteen, knowing that they're gonna miss it? I don't I would have. I would have thought like, I would have to be late high school at least, or um, yeah. yeah. With 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 because it's way more a, dramatic when you don't see it coming. Yeah. It, the way, it, the way it, it happened just, was like I was like I wonder how this is gonna happen. Is he just gonna shank it? But it's like the fact that he fucking completely missed the the hold. Um, the Christian, which yeah. is its whole own commentary, which we didn't even do a section on that. Which is that the author and scriptwriter of this film, who he held, he had other scriptwriters with him on the mm-hmm. film, um, Ghent, I believe. Um, he paints Christianity pretty poorly in this. And that's a whole different story, which I think was really ballsy for when he wrote the book, let alone the film in 79. I think painting Christianity the way he did. No, when you're making 1979 with about a team based in Dallas and, and, and going that way with it. And like, it's really quite tragic because any, they, they, they do show the kid just 
crying his eyes out in the locker room afterwards and you genuinely feel for the guy. Yeah, well, fuck him, dude. He's a phony. <laughs> He's a phony. And that that's karma. This film's kind of about karma in a way, except that karma doesn't always work in your favor. Yeah, but then, like, you know, what's what's he done bad that's any worse than any of the others beyond, like, having... He fucked a woman with <laughs> the other quarterback. Well, that... So, yeah... <laughs> He I, cheated on his wife, dude. Like he, I, and I, he, yeah. I know. I get what you're saying there, but then I'm like, all the others are, are sinning in their own ways. If we're going that way, so, like, well, if they're all married, if they're all just fucking for fuck's sake, other than like Joe Bob, who's obviously yeah, like, but we don't know what Phil Elliott's done in the past. He does allude to the fact he was married before, right? So, I don't. I just think Phil Elliott's impossible to be married to, which is why I'm single, and like that's a whole <laughs> different thing. <laughs> yeah. no, i'm just i'm like, just saying i'm just saying like i don't think there's anyone that's perfect in this film and so like yeah it's not about being perfect and that's what makes this film good because so many sports films are like oh like like in remember the titans it's like oh we're all perfect kids because we understand a common unity before everybody else does mm. it's like no there were still racists on that team. Just because they got rid of that one kid doesn't mean there weren't still racists on that team. You can't tell me that. Yeah, it's like, just started, it sugarcoats yeah. it. They just tolerated it for the time being, probably. Like, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And this film doesn't sugarcoat anything. It tells it at, like, like the book said, except not. But, you know, yeah. it is what it is. But... It's amazing uh, to me uh, what it shows with the business side of football at that point in time. Like we probably didn't quite understand. Like, the I, NFL was far from what it was. Yeah. Um, yet it's so, or it is. Yeah, it seems it so current at the same time because we we still see this shit now. Is like um, the absolutely way, the way both teams and fans want, timeless film. Yeah, the way teams and fans want players to sacrifice themselves above and beyond what we should actually expect these guys to do. Um, particularly with the um, the real within the NFL, it's quite an epidemic of um, of the concussion issue. Of you know, see the class action. What ten years ago now, of the four thousand players or whatever against the NFL, um, the tragic, yeah. the tragic. Like um, I think Junior Seaus is the one that really hit home for a lot of people. It was like such a, a beloved player doing what he did um, to highlight the issue um without going into that death it's like you look up the facts about it it's like what he did to to lay it out pretty plainly as to why he was doing what he did um you know he shot himself in the heart so they could study his brain yeah i mean jesus fucking christ let's be real that's insane like that's and and yet we're gnarly as hell and yet it's still not a major like people know about the issue pretty well now there's the movie that we again talked about how the nfl Forty years between movies is still trying to trying to suppress films that, that speak to. Well, I think that film fucked up by not being that good. I haven't seen it. Well, but... I think they I think they had to. I, from what I understand about it, like the filmmakers kind of conceded to making it less harsh because they otherwise weren't going to get. Well, the then fucking don't make it. I'm I, sorry. I think they. Like... Were, I think they were. Or it was. I, I, from the business side of it, I get it. Is they were already in the process of had the movie. You're right. You're right. They got the. They had to they get the some. Money. They had to get something out at that point. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, it's but, not their fault. It's not their fault. It's the NFL's fault. The yes, NFL that's is, it. That's it. That is the evil entity at play here because they went into that. I think they went into making that movie to try to do 
something that they couldn't quite do because of what and they 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 alluded to the NFL's actions with regarding the concussion issue and that doctor in particular. But um, yeah, with this, you know, uh, I was about to say zero dark North Dallas forty zero. <laughs> um, I was about yeah. To, uh, th- hey, that's a war film. Yeah, <laughs> you talked about it. The issues that the film portrays and then we saw we saw it you know any given sunday was you know 20 years later after north Dallas 40 and had a similar, i think it's a sequel yeah i it, think it's when cool. you see I, t- I told you on in text that james woods is a real piece of shit and and appropriately is a piece of shit in that film. yeah i wish he wasn't i honestly wish he was just not in that film yeah. honestly is like i have other problems with any given sunday but i just fucking hate james woods and you're supposed to hate him mm. so that's good but i know that he got paid a bunch of money to be that person so yeah. it fucking yeah but, but you know but, but i think aaron eckhart's like role in that is amazing like yeah i fucking his character i think pacino's over the top which you know you know at that point in his career he was yeah and like cameron diaz is cameron diaz yeah um but yeah like the main point i was making was all these films throughout like you know got uh, north house 40 and 79 uh, any given Sunday, ninety nine. Then concussion was what, maybe seven, eight years ago, maybe now. Um, twenty fourteen. Yeah. So yeah, six years ago. Like we've had this like continuing, con- my continuing theme of like films that come out and like state how how th- there's a moral complex to how the support in this sport with the what and you know and there is things that can be done to make it better and but the, because of the cost of these things and and wanting to pr- protect what they have and. And unfortunately, what they're tr- what the um, league is trying to protect is this masculinity part aspect of the sport because that's what gets the meatheads of meathead fans going. There's a lot um, of toxic is that, is that they, is that they want to see people like it's kind of like gladiators back in the day. They want they want to actually see that. It's just they can't admit to wanting to see that, so they just have to watch football. But it's like they they lo- you know people get jacked when they see someone destroy someone else. Like you know when. When that uh, opposition player like lines out Delmer is like that's what people still want to see these days. Like the the I'm talking about the meatheads. <laughs> I'm not being. Um, so it's like it's a big kid is a big hit. Yeah. You know, we we were conditioned to like him growing up, and yeah. that's how it. You know, that's how it all will always be. Yeah. A lot of grown or a lot of men in America played football growing up, mm. and your coaches, you know, your coaches light a fire under your ass to do that shit. Yeah. It's super fucked up. Like, even at a young age, like, it's very scary mm. that we do this. So, yeah, this film was way ahead of its time. Yeah. And I don't I don't think it was appreciated in its time because people were so far away from understanding how fucked up football is. And I think that might still be the case now, is why. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, because no one wants to watch this and be like, and question and question their love for the sport. So, and like you and you and I both watch football and enjoy it, but we both also acknowledge that it as a ways to go to being actually, and you and I have had the discussion before, if it ever can be the sport, it needs to be to be, um, it, so it, it can. It's, it's the, it's the, yeah, impossible question because we don't think it can be. And that's, that's where the moral complex comes in. But, um, yeah, it, like this film, that's probably why, like I started off this podcast by talking about how I hadn't heard of it enough and we probably answered the question throughout the podcast as to why why it's not well known is because it's just um, no one wants to, not enough people want to watch a film that um, that genuinely question, especially when it's done it done so long ago. Um, it makes you wonder like how the last 40 years have happened without with the continuing theme. 
it does make me feel better that like a film like this existed, you know. Yeah. Particularly, what, particularly coming from the point of point of players that actually played. Yeah. God damn it. Train um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think it's like really important that this film exists back then so that like everybody who is like oh, like, the, America's getting so soft and they, like, don't want this shit and they're, like, they don't, like, they only care about players now and, like, they only care about their livelihoods for their own, like, it's like, no, this shit has existed forever. Mm-hmm. Like, people have cared. The internet didn't just didn't exist. If the internet existed back in the 70s, they would be like, how fucked up is this shit? Fucking Jack Tatum paralyzed a receiver in a preseason game. Mm-hmm. And wasn't even flagged for it. Like, oh, you can be like, oh, it's just not like it used to be. Good. Yes. <laughs> Good. I don't want to see anybody paralyzed. It's kind of like when people say, oh, you know, the American the American society was so much better back in the 50s. And I'm like, oh, did you like seeing uh, black people? Under segregation yeah. is what they mean. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, you didn't mind seeing, you know. African-Americans hanging from trees? Is that what you're trying to say? Like, no, it's never been... No, they never looked at that. Yeah. They just saw their little fucking peach tree out in their stupid fucking white picket fence yard <laughs> after their racist father, who had cut teeth out of the Japanese soldiers because they were gold, to bring back in his pockets. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's when America was great. Yeah, yeah you're right. Let's go back to that. Yeah. God, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you, people. Exactly, and that's like what you see with football now too. Is like people say, oh, like the sports become so sanitized. And it's like that is a good thing because people like there is, and there's still like unfortunately a chance that people get um, hurt terribly or um, and you know like you mentioned paralyzed. Like that can still happen in football, but I mean it doesn't happen a lot. We're taking but we're taking a preseason we're trying game. That to dude's ta- life yeah. was over. Yeah, yeah, we're trying to take steps as we go forward in in this sport to make it. I would like to watch this sport and not worry about a person's health. Like, cause the, the sport itself, like when you just think about football from an objective point of view that you're trying to score touchdowns and, and the chess match aspect of it is really interesting. There is a lot of things that go into it. Unfortunately, unfortunately the coaches like in North Dallas 40, the way they get these guys jacked up to do it is by promoting violence against other human beings just for a sport. And that's where the moral complex comes from it because you know, as a sport, as what it's trying to do in the end goal of it is just score touchdowns by throwing the ball or running through people and, and not be, the uh, the object of it is to not get hit. But unfortunately, they, they promote so much of that stuff. And it's like, that's where the moral complex comes from. So I'm like, it's good that we, are, it's good that we talk about sanitizing the sport because it means less people are going to get hurt just trying to play a game. Dude, do you ever have these moments with fucking sports sometimes? And I have this with soccer more than anything. When I'm watching soccer, football, <laughs> football de Americano is, no, that's football. Yeah. I was waiting to see where you're going with that, but yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I'm just feel like I'm tired. Like I wake up early to watch it. You stay up late to watch it or whatever. And I'm just fucking tired. I'm like, man, if you just would have stuck his foot out right there, like this whole game is different. And then I just, like, get into this, like, fucking K-hole about fucking, like, well, if he would have stuck his foot there, like, 
Well, yeah, if everybody would have stuck their foot differently, like you're watching grown men kick a ball around, like if they just stuck their foot, like, like, and then you have like this existential, like, like, why do I like sports? And like, what does it even matter? Do you ever have that? Or is that just me? No, no, I have that all the time. Um, because you have that, it with, you have fucks that. with me super hard. Yeah, especially with soccer, does it more to me than any other game? Oh, uh, it's because it's like but then, if you just stick your foot out and stop that ball. Yeah, I had it with um, like when uh, Port Adelaide lost their like the last game of the season that they played, which was the game, the second to last game of the season to get into the grand final. When they were ahead, they got themselves ahead by a goal early in the last quarter, and then um, there was like a just a like a a pack scrum kind of thing at the near the opposition goal, and one of the guys just grabbed it out of the pack and just dropped it on his boot, and it, and it rolled through about four or five different players without getting touched somehow. And went through for a goal, and I was just like, and you know you do just but then you just sit there and say this is like it's a, it's a microcosm of life because life when you think if you get into an existential thing about life, which we're gonna not try not to right now, but life is chaos and. Oh man, and, maybe off air. Maybe off air we do that. Because <laughs> I'd be into it. Because it's fucking about to be Thanksgiving in America in fucking 2020. And it's yeah. fucking. Yeah, so, um, yeah. So we don't like have sports. To, but... Sports to me is a microcosm of life. And you can either. Ex- oh, obviously. Yeah. That's so, the whole like, point of it. Yeah. And so, like, I you go into those rabbit holes sometimes, depending on where your mindset's at, and you try not. But then other times, I'm just like, no, I just need to compartmentalize it and understand that. <laughs> You know, you enjoy the times, when, and that's why when you do win a, you know, when you're a fan, if you win a trophy with any of your respectives, um, I try. Even it. if it's a community shield? Yeah. We won the community shield. <laughs> um, oh, that shit, that was against you guys. I didn't mean that, like, as, like, lording over Liverpool. Oh, okay, I, I, I thought you were being, I was just like, it's fine, we won the Premier League, so I was like, it's See, and then you do that, and it pisses me off. No, but I was—I was, wasn't even—I was just saying, like, like I was about to say, like, when you when you win those moment, uh, win those trophies and stuff, you enjoy it, and like I, I try to buy the merchandise and stuff, and so I can look back at it, yeah, and be like, because you have a short. It's like life is like a lot of mundane, like you know, when you uh, sports is, sports is usually is your seven day week where five days you're working mundane and not enjoying it and then you have your one weekend day where you get a trophy and that's what it is like that's sports and life are very together like that and um as can i recommend a short documentary real quick always it's earl morris did a series for 30 for 30 of just short documentaries oh yeah i might it's called the uh the um god i can't think of what it's called just Google Earl Morris Terranium. Terari- uh, okay. It's about uh, it's about an electric football league in uh, New York, and uh, it, it's uh, the the most touching thing I've ever seen in my life. I watch it a couple times a year. It's twenty minutes long, and mm. I'm almost crying. And I'm drinking wine, so I'm almost crying about anything. But I'm almost crying thinking about it because, like, you're just like, oh, this is like this little quirky. 20-minute documentary by Earl Morris, amazing filmmaker. Ama- like, did every great documentary on politics, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, the Fog of War, I think, or it's just called Fog of War, is the greatest political documentary of all time. Yeah, I'll have to look it up there. By Earl. Yeah. yeah, it's just him interviewing Robert McNamara. Yeah. Whatever. This, we, we have never done our history podcast, and we'll get there one day. But... Uh, um, just, 
that that little docu documentary about this fucking stupid little fucking like electric football league mm-hmm. in this place and all the characters involved in it and their backgrounds it's like oh i don't remember what brought like what the what the catalyst was to get me to hear why was i talking about this i think i was talking about sports as a microcosm for life and stuff like that yeah and that is a my okay perfect that is a microcosm for life for them is they all gather in a little basement and like that's their like yeah their little their little eden their little heaven their little babylon whatever like Mm. for the week yeah five days a week you fucking have to like schlub letters around and put them in or you have to you know edit an article or you have to like make sure the bowling pins are right or like the dinosaurs look good (laughs) (laughs) but you have to do that five days a week and Mm -hmm. for two days a week you get this separation with sports and whether it's a, a fucking electric football league like they have, or it's just enjoying sports like we do. Mm-hmm. It's so important that you have that. Yeah, yeah, and it's like people that don't like sports have other interests, whether it be art or music or... Oh, yeah, and yeah. fuck them. <laughs> fuck them so hard. I love film. Yeah. I love art. I love TV art. Yeah. I love video games. All these dorks who are like, yay, sports ball. It's like, guess what? I probably know more about your stupid little fucking like breaking bad or fucking you know some other little comic tv show that they have i probably know more about it than they do but they think they're superior because they don't like sports it's like yay guess what i like sports and can decipher all that shit fuck you i was more talking about people I, i'm I, completely I, defeating the purpose of i this wasn't podcast, i wasn't talking. sports are evil <laughs> i wasn't talking about people that are like superior about it. i just know there's there's people like I have family members that just they like they they appreciate why I enjoy sports. They just have a connection to other things that give them the same feelings. That's what I was more talking about. It was just like, yeah, we all have yeah. That. I wasn't throwing you under the bus anyway. I was mainly throwing Chris Hardwick under the bus, who's also a terrible person anyway. Yeah, but he used to like host a show that I really liked, and he like the Super Bowl happened. He's like, no, I'm sorry, I don't give a shit about the Super Bowl, and you can all deal with it. I don't give a fuck, and it's like. Yeah, who cares? Guess what? I don't just like sports. I also like all the Marvel... Well, I actually don't like the Marvel films, (laughs) but I used to read comics all the time. Like, I fucking love Spider-Man comics and stuff like that, and I love film, and I love everything. It's like, he's like, I'm trying to... I'm tired of trying to care, like, like, I'm trying to have to be the person who cares about sports. It's like... You don't have to. We don't care. Oh, you can only be into one thing? You fucking loser! Yeah. Like fuck off! Like I like I don't like I I enjoy some of the Marvel films passively. Some of them I they're just what they are. But there are some people that this like, got off the rails. No, there's some people that well no. This is my fault. I'll wrap it back up in a second. Um, you know, there's, I blew there's it. There's people that look forward to the Marvel films when they're released, like in like in the series of them, like like it's a like it's a Super Bowl, and that's fine. Like that's what that's your version, I think that's your version of the fight. You know the the. Your um escape from the the you know your trophy or whatever it is so you know it is what it is that's what everyone has so but it's like fuck you for thinking you're better than me yeah no I, Just I you don't I like te- sports oh you, you don't like sports yay sports ball that crowd fuck you forever I have a million interests sports just happen to be one and guess what I make a livelihood out of it too 
So go fuck yourself. And guess what? I could probably break down a novel better than you can. This got out of control. I drank a bottle of wine. I feel bad that David has to deal with this. But it is a pandemic, and I do have to unleash sometimes because I hate sports ball people. Those people are like burn them at the stake, put them out to the ocean like they used to in Salem. Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's like let everyone have their thing. Bill Elliott would agree with me. Oh, yeah. Because Charlotte is one of those people. I'll tie it all together. Charlotte is one of those people. It's like, oh, it doesn't have to be this way. And Phil's like, no, it does have to be yeah. this way if you're going to survive in the world. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, he's a very, he's very, like, he understands too well how the world works, and he's just trying to make, make himself fit into that. So, and he, he basically yeah. says, he basically says that. So, uh, And Charlotte's reading Agatha Christie. Yeah. When he originally shows up, which is in a problematic scene, which I meant to bring up earlier. Super problematic, but it is what it is. But uh, she's reading Agatha Christie, and I think that was on purpose to show, like, hey, like, <laughs> this is how far away from professional sports she is. She's reading some goddamn Agatha Christie. Yeah. <laughs> which, whatever. Motherfuckers who read Agatha Christie can come at me and act like I haven't read a fucking boatload of shit in my day so whatever yeah i'm gonna sports go, I'm, still I'm gonna, dope as fuck i'm gonna go read some kurt vonnegut after so like yeah <laughs> he's the he is the king and i picked I up think, i picked up cat's cradle yesterday which i've been very much looking forward to for a long time so you should read player piano as well yeah just that, when you, i was looking i was looking for that one and it wasn't in the store but they had cat's cradle as well i'm like cat's cradle is very good yeah no i'm looking um, play a piano I'll player do. piano is oh. just so like ahead of its time kind of like this film it's so ahead of its time and it's fucking scary reading it now i read it back in like 16 i think yeah. or 15 but it's scary how like it was written in 71 70 it was yeah, published like, in 70 yeah but like man it's scary how like some people are just beyond comprehension of how well they understand where the world's going and Vonnegut was one of them yeah, yeah. Uh, I have a, I picked up some Philip K. Dick as well, like because he's one of my favorite. He's um one that I've got. I've got an, I'll bring it up there. I've got an idea for a couple of podcasts soon. So um, I'm always in. Yeah. Anyway, let's do the let's do the uh, tomatoes and wrap it up. Tomatoes. Yeah. Tomatoes. Uh, <laughs> um, it's a it's an in- interesting Google Google search because you've got the we've also got the Goodreads rating since it's a book as well. But I'll just go with the. Uh, I haven't seen it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. Well, so. good Goodreads has three point nine out of five, which Goodreads is kind of like a decent score. For that's it. not bad. Yeah, that's a decent. That's score. like uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. bad. Yeah, like is Goodreads? It's hard to get above like a four point two. You're starting to get into classic territory because I not, also like that's that, all. That's all just a lot darker. Yeah, book is a lot darker. I read reviews on um, Amazon. Mm-hmm. Fuck Amazon, by the way. But I read reviews on Amazon. Yeah, pay, um, pay some people and pay your taxes. Pay is also a piece of shit. Yeah, um, anyway. you. Yeah, you can give five hundred million to somebody, and it's like I don't care. That's like me giving a nickel to a homeless person, which I would never do. I always give, you know, if they're there, I'll give them a buck or whatever. But yeah. uh, and that's like whatever. That's a whole different story. <laughs> but reviews on Amazon said like the twist at the end of the book. It's like was unneeded. Yeah, and yeah. like without reading, but I'll have to read the book someday and like see what how it fits into the rest of the kind of. Well, it sucks that you know what happened. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Like it's kind of ruined the impetus for me to immediately read it, but I'm like at some point I would like to read it just as a 
just to round out my experience of the film as well. My dad said it's very good, and Papa Papa Bear of the pod has never led me to astray. He does love rom-coms and spy movies. So that's a whole different story. I'll watch some James Bond with him. Um, he would love that. He doesn't really <laughs> like James Bond. He likes all the other ones. Though. He like, right. loves the Bournes. The Bourne movies are uh, pretty good, yeah. And like all the other ones, he fucking loves them. Like if it's not James Bond, he loves it. Yeah. I have to. I'm gonna have to. Ask Whatever. Let's get to the tomatoes. All right. So it's got seven out of ten, even on IMDb. It's got eighty-two percent of Google users like the film, and an eighty-four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. All right. I'm going unprecedented. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna go go way high. Ninety-eight percent for me. Ooh. For me. For me. I was expecting you Great to Great yeah. fucking film. <laughs> I think... They need to put that on the new poster they need to make. <laughs> yeah, this dipshit who works for... Yeah, I, okay. Yeah, I'm not saying that out loud either. <laughs> but <laughs> I would... Yeah, there's very few films that are in that. It's probably a top five film for me. Yeah, and that's... I'm going to say it right now. Yeah, and, and, I love and, it. I think it's film, the best sports film. Re- film review should all be subjective. Like you have your own experience with it, and you put your put your thoughts out there. I it. agree. So I think yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think film reviews are bullshit. Yeah, mostly because anyway, everyone so. has their own experience. So what your experience is, like you can say ninety eight percent, and then someone else can say seventy five percent, and you both like have your own experience with it. So um, nobody's wrong. Yeah. nobody's wrong. I don't. I understand people not liking this movie, but it speaks to me at a level. Beyond it, what yeah. about you? Um, I I would go to a um, a, a, a ninety. All right, that's yeah. good. Like I'm, I was going to say, don't I'm, go too high just because I shot the moon. No, no, like, I was I was I was floating around like B plus to A minus, so I'll just sit at a ninety. What would you give any given Sunday? Spoiler alert for a future episode. I uh, well, I guess if you're going to put them both together, um, I'll put you on the spot. I mean, I'd probably similar because I, I I I can't I. I would have liked to have watched any given Sunday in the lead up to this podcast as well, so I had them both fresh in mind. Um, I really enjoyed any given Sunday when I first watched it because it was just like one of those movies that made me like rounded out my thoughts about NFL more because it's like you know you kind of like it, it gives you a, like it's certainly with the concussion stuff because that was at a time when I was really getting into reading about that. The stuff. LT shit. Yeah. Talk about a fucking player like Matt Zuchik or whatever. Uh, <clears throat> Matt- yeah, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. but uh, LT in uh, LT in any given Sunday, like dealing with that shit. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me that's not real either. Him yeah. like having to go out there with a the concussion, Aaron Eckhart having to say, or yeah, I think it's Aaron Eckhart having to say like, you know, this is fucked up with Shark's head, and mm-hmm. James would be, like, no, you're gonna throw him out there. Like, yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's yeah. a lot, yeah. I, again, in, in my think... head, in my head, they're very similar films to me. Like I was watching North Dallas Forty last night and thinking about uh, any given Sunday because they both. I, and I think North Dallas Forty does a more real, uh, obviously, is more realistic to the experience. And but again, they're twenty years apart, so like any given Sunday leans into the into the um, uh, the fame side of it more as far as you know, uh, you know. Uh, Steaming really be yeah, yeah yeah doing doing advertising keep all the ladies. Demon. Super gross. <laughs> Super gross as an adult. Uh, but yeah. Like, not gross, but yeah. I think I saw this film before I saw any given 
Sunday. And it's yeah. not because I was like seeking it out. My dad was just watching it and I was like dicking around with Legos. Yeah. And you like get into it because you like sports and you're like, all right, fuck. Yeah. So like I think I'd already seen this before I saw any given Sunday. But mm. yeah. any given Sunday at a young age will fuck you up. And yeah. I saw that in theaters in Kansas City with my dad and my cousin Nick, including that big old dom. And that's <laughs> when you're just like you're just like I can never satisfy a woman. <laughs> this dick will never grow to the size that could satisfy a woman. Because Jesus Christ. And I think I've like read like the background story of that is like in that scene they wanted the dude with the biggest dick with Cameron Diaz. Not to make Cameron Diaz uncomfortable, but they wanted to make it like because it's fucking Oliver Stone. He yeah. wants to shock. Mm. He's like he wants like. Yeah. That's a huge dick. <laughs> what a way to like end the pod. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this has been a good one. Um, I'm glad like it's good when we occasionally do ones where we um like... I could talk about this film for another two hours <laughs> yeah. easily. Unfortunately I do not have another two hours because uh... I know you don't. <laughs> but I'm saying I could. We've we've almost gone two hours on this one, which is really good because it's like um We've thrown a lot into it and um, raised a lot of questions. I was really excited about it just to, to be able to talk about Because, like, obviously in a film like this, you are going to talk about, you know, act its parallels to actual sport because that's just what this, literally what this film is based on. So it was really good to kind of... It's um, it's yeah. 98% from me, man. Come on. Yeah, you... you if are... you've listened this far to the pod... That, that is like, the biggest... You know I our other I podcasts? I don't know if we'll ever get, like, a bigger disparity from what the actual Tomatoes is to what you went, like, in a positive direction ever again. Like, that is, that is a big, big Not thing at all. Yourself, this so. is, like, I fucking love this film. Yeah. I fucking love it. I think every little bit of it is perfect other than them fucking up the championship thing. Yeah. Which would have been an easy fix. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just... And, like, luckily, because the film overall, like, it's beyond... That doesn't have any material difference to what the film experience actually is. So it's it's yeah, it's great. I raise my I raise my pint of uh, rum rum infused iced coffee. I'm actually drinking this time. Um, Campo I... Viejo Rioja um, to your bride. Um, it's a Rioja. Um, shout out to. I mean, this is from Spain, but you know that's yeah. what you know. That's where it all started. <laughs> Yeah, on Thanksgiving week, let's throw some colonialism in there. Uh, yeah, I'll talk <laughs> off air about what I'm making for dinner tonight yeah. too. It's a shout out to me, Madre. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll raise my point uh, to a great. I'm um, really glad you pushed me to this one, Shay. Finally, I know we circled it for a bit. So yeah, North Dallas Forty. It's a real good one, and a one that any I think any any film fan that wants to see a a, a story that kind of speaks to some human experience should watch. But especially if you're a sports so, fan, if you're a sports fan and have somehow missed it, you should definitely give it. Yeah, until next time. Okay. See if I get this right. We'll pour some pints, pop some corn, and roll some film. Fuck yeah! See you next time, Shay. <laughs> Freud says that podcasts are an extension of your dick, Dave Bob. <laughs> <laughs>